This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Second Wind, I have to take a deep breath because I was starting this interview by speaking with Lisa Decker, who is our guest today. And there is so much more to this woman. And I'm just in awe of everything she's been through and everything she's done. I'm sitting there with my mouth open and I've got the goosebumps. There's no way we can get to everything today that she's been through, learned, done, but we're going to get some highlights. And the reason I found Lisa to begin with was the pure fact that I know personally people who are getting divorced in the second half of life, in our second wind, which to me seems, I mean, I can get it, but I don't really understand. And then I found out that it's called the gray divorce and it's actually a thing and it's very common. So, and Lisa said most of her clients are what she said, 50 and over. So, oh my gosh, that's, I didn't even have any idea that was happening. Lisa is a certified divorce financial analyst who through 14 years of experience has found that divorce is a process and not an event. She found that the best approach for this process is through a holistic team approach. And she came up with this online divorce community to connect resources with the people who need them called Divorce Town USA. Lisa's business is called Divorce Money Matters, and she sits with couples who are in the throes of divorce and helps them navigate it from pre-conception to conception to in the middle to past and after, which is so important. And I think we all know someone who got divorced and it wasn't a wonderful process. <laughs> so... She also has written a book called Divorce Your Spouse, Not Your Money. I found out Lisa has two other books in the process as well. And this is just a wonderful woman. And I'm so excited to share you with her or you, her with you today. So welcome, Lisa Decker to Second Wind. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's get through the crux of the matter here about gray divorce, what you do, what you find, like why, how did you come up with this Divorce Town USA and your business? Well, you've got a lot of questions there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually was in financial services and I learned about the CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst designation certification through a colleague. And I immediately was intrigued because I had clients who were getting divorced. I thought I was serving them well as a financial advisor. 
I looked into the training and I realized this is something I need to do. And boy, am I glad I did, because really it is so different than traditional financial planning. There are so many levels and layers of divorce. You've got the legal, the financial, the emotional, you may have real estate involved and mortgages and insurance matters and credit issues and retirement and on and on and on. And so I decided to devote myself full time to this practice of helping people at a very difficult time in their lives to get the best outcome possible. Along the way, I found that when I was serving individuals, I always tried to come up with a plan that was best for both parties because my thought process is if it's not fair, then how do you get the other side to accept that? And so when I would present it to a client that I was working with as an advocate, many times they would say, would you mind showing this to my spouse? Now, these weren't the most of contentious cases. Let me back up and I'm going to share some other stuff about that. But you know, when people were reasonable and they were still talking with each other. So the other spouse would come in, we'd sit down, I'd go over the plan. They'd say, you know, this looks pretty reasonable and I understand what you're saying and why you've done this and that. But why wasn't I included from the beginning? I don't feel trust here. And so that's when the light bulb went off that I need to be involving both parties from the beginning. And so still one person, one spouse or the other, husband or wife usually will find me. They'll come in for a consult. I offer a free consult and we'll talk about things. I'll show them their options, the different ways of getting divorced. Yes, people do have options. It's not just war of the roses. It's not just hiring attorneys and lawyering up and putting on your gloves and duking it out. That takes you to Bigger Bucks Boulevard in a divorce town. And we don't want folks to go there because there are more saner, savvier, money-saving ways to go about this that don't destroy the fabric of your family. And so I started inviting couples to come in and usually a spouse after they talk with me will go home and tell their spouse, you know, I, I met this person and she has a different way of going about this. They'll show them the website and some information and say, can we just have a conversation? And I have a questionnaire people fill out and it gives me a bird's eye view. And so they, they buy a discovery session, a one hour, $99 consult together. And that is the entry point because I can't help every couple because there has to be a layer of trust there. So we start by seeing, and we do mostly everything by Zoom these days. I was doing Zoom meetings long before COVID, but we start by seeing, you know, are we a good fit? And I guide people through their different options where their problem areas may lie and you know, give them some sense of what's to come. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, they, they've always heard, you know, go hire an attorney. But when you hire an attorney, you don't always understand the process. And they may not necessarily explain this, that you put down a retainer, typically three to 5,000, maybe $10,000. And people think that's the cost of their divorce. And most likely not, unless you uh, don't have a lot of things contested. The more complex the divorce, the more cost it's going to be. And so that retainer is literally a drop in the bucket. And as soon as that's used up, and that could be, you know, instantly, it was in a month or so, maybe sooner for discovery. That's when we go through, the lawyers go through a long process of gathering documents back and forth, going back many years. And that money can evaporate overnight and then fill the till and continue that process on and on and on. And unfortunately, the way that the divorce industry works is that the longer it takes for you to get your divorce settled, the more 
the lawyers make. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it, the more adversarial, the more money that they make and the less money you have at the end to split. I read a book by a judge once. He says to folks that come before his bench, would you rather fund your retirement or your attorney's retirement? Would you rather fund your child's education or your attorney's child? And that makes so much sense, right? So getting people to understand that most people, when I tell them this, have either A, never talked to an attorney yet and didn't realize, oh my gosh, this could happen to me, or B, like a couple I had last week are already mired in the muck of it. And each of them had spent $50,000 and it was taking on an adversarial approach that they did not want, but the attorneys kept saying, we have to do it this way. And there was no end in sight. And so like the attorneys would be motivated to keep it adversarial and negative and you against yeah. your partner. Well, I don't want to label all attorneys that way because right. I'm part of a network that does things amicably and the attorneys are all trained in an amicable process and they know my process as well. And we all work for the benefit of the client. Many of them work on flat fee. For me, I learned how to do flat fee on my own through trial and error because I just hated giving people unending bills, not knowing where it was going to end. And I came up with something that really makes sense and people love it. When you know the expectations for you and for you know what I expect from you and what you expect from me, as well as the deliverables that you're going to get and the cost up front, it's know your finances, know your fees, know how this process is going to go. And I do not take on clients who are not willing to work with attorneys because I can't handle the legal aspects. Divorce takes a team. So along the way, as we develop their plan, we hit a point where it's now time to consult with an attorney and see what their thoughts are around this. Ask them questions that you have from a legal standpoint. And let's get those things incorporated into your plan before we get to the end because about 95% of my clients do settle without ever going to court before a judge. And by the way, average divorce in America is fifteen dollars to $25,000 per spouse, per spouse. And that's without ever going to a judge to decide things for you. That's just your standard divorce where you just go for status hearings and things like that. We figured out a way to cut to the chase. You know, divorce is really about the kids and the money. And that's so- if you can have experts handling the children's matters and you can have experts in divorce financial matters helping you with that, then really you're using the attorneys for their role in the legal aspects to answer divorce questions, to talk about the legalities in your specific area, to draft the paperwork, another attorney to file the paperwork, and your costs have been kept so minimal compared to those averages that I mentioned. And people are loving this. I get referrals from clients who are happy. And that tells you that things went well for new clients all the time. And this is a wonderful way to help people uncouple and to untie their financial knots. And for me, especially to not destroy their family in the process. You know, I have a roadmap that I created at Divorce Town USA. We have different ways that people can come into divorce. This is actually a free download, divorcetownusa.com. It's on the front page. I have a roadmap there. We have put kids first, Parkwood, 
you can come in by starting with it. There's financial freedom expressway down at the bottom. You can come in starting with the financials. There's amicable Avenue. You can start that way and start with the legalities. And at the bottom where we're trying to keep you away from is Duke and out drive and bigger bucks Boulevard. That's what we don't want folks to, to go to and where we're trying to steer them away from. That also comes with an ebook that explains those options and the pros and cons of each. And so it's not a good fit for everyone. There are specific cases, you know, if you've got abuse, if you've got narcissism, personality disorders, you know, sometimes the other spouse won't play nice and you have to go the regular route. But many of the cases can be done on an amicable basis, even if people aren't, you know, completely friendly. What I will tell you is that I'm a grandchild of divorce. My grandparents got divorced way back when, when it was not common and, you know, really contentious. And it fractured my family so much that I never met a good deal of my family until just a few years ago. By chance, I had a client who was a genealogist and she connected me with people all over the world. And what an eye opener. And I thought to myself, what? a sadness to have lost a lifetime of knowing these wonderful people, not having them in my life. I'm so grateful to reconnect at this point, but if I can help people and their children from avoiding these kinds of things, that's my first and foremost, helping children to avoid the damage that doesn't have to be. You know, your family unit will change, but you're still a family. It's just a little differently now. It's a good process. It sounds like if you can do everything with the couple that needs to get done and then have the lawyers like kind of bless it all and file and do all the legal parts of it, it gets wrapped up with a bow and everybody can start leading their lives uncoupled and intact, somewhat intact, right? Yeah. I guess that, that I can't think of a better way to do that. And that's amazing that you offer that. Why do you think most of your clients are in their second wind in these 40 and up, 50 and up? Why? What's the phenomenon with that? Well, it, it's called the, the gray divorce phenomenon, and it was discovered by two sociologists at Bowling Green University. And they went back through 20 years of data put out by the government and other agencies looking at statistics about divorce. And they discovered that the highest percentage of divorces are among couples 50 years and older. And there were a lot of reasons for that. You know, much of it has to do with waiting until children are grown. People don't want to disrupt their children and go through all of that. So a lot of people wait till the children are in high school or college and then say, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. It hasn't been working for a while. And they're ready for that new chapter of their lives. And, you know, no judgment here. I do have couples that I have seen get back together. You know, I mean, sometimes you just need to have some extra help. I always encourage people to go to uh, discernment counseling, marriage counseling prior to making that decision for good. But a lot of times by the time they've gotten to me, they have done those things and they know that this is the end and they're ready to move on to the next chapter of their lives. So yes, second wind is really what is going on for these folks. And we also have folks that have divorced earlier in their lives. And if you statistics show that if you've divorced once, 
that you are at greater risk for divorcing a second or even a third time because the statistics get greater for, with each marriage. The higher the statistics get higher that you will get divorced again. So learning what went wrong, what was your role in it? How did you react to things? You know, so you don't repeat the pattern is vitally important as well. And so I bring in experts of all different kinds, divorce coaches, therapists, marriage counselors, trying to encourage people to get through the process in the healthiest way to recover and start that second chapter, that second wind in the healthiest way possible. Oh, that is, what a service you are bringing to people. I wish everyone, well, I'm hoping through the podcast, everyone will consider a service like you offer. But also I wonder, part of me is saying, well, gee, maybe people might, especially women, if a woman initiates a divorce and it's not something that, you know, an abuse or something like that, perhaps if a woman is happy within herself and has found her second win too before that and can incorporate that into her relationship, I wonder if there's any correlation there. I guess it's the backwards way I'm saying that. If you're happy within yourself and you can bring that to the table of the marriage and then the husband also works at that, maybe you don't need to get divorced. Exactly. Yes. exactly. And I've seen that happen. Having done this for 14 years and, and helped hundreds and hundreds of couples, actually, we're probably into the thousands now. Yeah. <laughs> All the consults and yeah, I really, I should go back and look at that sometime, but it's just one of those things that I'm just so happy that I am able to serve people in such ways. But yes, if you're both willing to do the work, you know, sometimes it can save the marriage, sometimes not, you know, and again, this is the no judgment zone. I can't know what's going on within someone's personal life or their relationships. I'm just here to help them when they've made that decision and they can no longer go back to the way things were. Sometimes you have spouses that change in different ways. You talked about, you know, the wife finding her second wind and finding, you know, what brings her joy and changing her perspective on life. And sometimes the other spouse isn't willing to do that. They're comfortable with the status quo. I find that a lot. Yeah. You know, if both parties aren't willing to adjust and now they're empty nesters and suddenly you know, there's no focus on the children and all the things that bound them together. If they're not able to both work towards this new chapter of their lives, it many times disintegrates. Right. Sometimes we also see addiction, a part of the equation, you know, one spouse is an alcoholic or has substance abuse problem of some kind and a spouse can no longer tolerate that infidelity, whether it's, you know, marital infidelity or whether it's financial infidelity, you know, where we've seen spouses who have made risky investments without telling the other partner or who are always spending money and hiding the charge cards and the purchases. And, you know, there are many reasons that people get divorced, but what we're finding is, and what I see personally in my practice is that you know, it takes two to tango as the saying goes. And if both parties are not willing to work on it and admit what their responsibility is for the breakdown of the relationship and start to turn the page and open a new chapter in their lives together, then it's probably not going to work going forward. So they're, again, going back to the premise here, if it's time for a shift and if one spouse does not want a divorce in Georgia, at least that's where I'm located, 
you can't stop the divorce. If your spouse is saying, I want out, you're not going to be able to stop it. So how do you go along for the ride in the best way possible for yourselves? I see generally two scenarios. People who either say, well, maybe three. People who say, I don't care. Give that other spouse whatever they want. I just want out. They hurry through the process and they make choices that aren't in their best interest and they have regrets afterwards. I've seen that a lot. People who come to me after the divorce is final and there's not much we can do. Once you've signed on the dotted line, it's pretty much a given unless you can find fraud or some other thing like that where they've hidden assets and then that's a whole other story. Or people put their head in the sand and they just can't deal with that this is really happening and it's coming at them and they just don't do anything. And they call me at the last minute. I've got mediation next week. I don't understand anything. My attorney's not, you know, telling me what to ask for. You know, a lot of people have called me over the years because their attorneys ask them, what do you want? And they don't know what they want. No, no. Financials. How can you say what you want when you don't understand the financials or they fight for the house? I want the house, no matter what I'm keeping in this house. And maybe no one has looked at, is there a joint mortgage on it? If there's a joint mortgage, it's going to need to be refinanced to get the other spouse off the mortgage and therefore out of the liability of it. And maybe they can't qualify. Maybe it's too much from a financial perspective. You know, they could be house rich and cash poor. How are they going to pay those maintenance items, let alone the mortgage and the utilities and all those other things, right? So is it in your best interest to keep the house? Not always. Yeah. It looks like you are able to just turn over all those rocks. Yes. And present what people may not be able to see. Because the thing is, there's emotions involved. Yes, yes. And and that's why I highly advise a therapist or a divorce coach with when you're going through this as well. You do not want to use an attorney to vent to. They will listen at a very high hourly rate. And, uh, you know, they don't mind at all. But they're not giving you tools to help you make sound decisions. Because this is a time when you have to be the CEO of your life. You have to handle your divorce like a business. It is the business of your life. And, you know, if you can get your emotions under control, you're going to make much sounder decisions in the process. Well said. Well said. You got any stats off the top of your head? As far as what? Like how many of us in our second wind? How many marriages are ending in divorce? One of the many reasons for this podcast is to collect, connect, and share information that will add to your life. It is my honor and pleasure to share products with you that I buy, use, and believe in that are high quality, sustainable, responsible to our earth, and that actually work. One product I have been using for almost a year now, every day, and now twice a day with the diagnosis of my Lyme disease is collagen. Collagen is a buzzword right now because collagen is a protein that makes up 30% of our bodies. And like everything else, as we age, we lose it. Fine lines, brittle nails, dull hair, achy joints, dry skin are all part of why collagen is so essential. So let me share why Elaine Collagen, the brand I use, is in my opinion more effective than what's out there on those shelves. It is easy to use, tasteless, and dissolves into any beverage. It's non-GMO, and it's from cows raised in Spain, and no chemicals are used for its extraction. 
bingo, speaking my language, you can experience the benefits for yourself and receive 15% off by using the code SECONDWIND, all one word, at checkout at elainewellness.com. And if you want to know more about Elaine and her Second Wind story, listen to her episode. The title is Plot Twist. There's no such thing as anti-aging from March 15, 2021. Now, back to the episode. They say uh, about 50% of first marriages end in divorce, over 60% for second marriages, and over 70% of marriages for third marriages end up in divorce. So that's why I was saying that the statistics get higher as you have more marriages. And that's why if you do find yourself in a divorce situation, you know, really do some introspection, really do some work on yourself to figure out your piece of it, because it's never all one party and how you're going to change that. You know, maybe you were a people pleaser and you were a doormat, right? You know, you just did everything, let everyone take advantage of you because you wanted to be loved and you wanted to please people. And now you're feeling like, you know, a doormat that's been stomped and stepped on and mud squished into you know, how do you pick yourself up from that? You have to learn different ways to survive going forward. You have to change your patterns or you're going to continue to be that in the next relationship or the next. And so working through those things, whatever it is that got you to that place, you know, and maybe it hit you between the eyes. You never saw it coming. How can you learn through that lens to be more perceptive to things that are underlying that you may have had inklings about, but you push them down. There's a lot of things involved here, but yes, we need to really work on ourselves to avoid becoming the victim to divorce again. Once is enough. You say the word victim. It's interesting to me. You are very sensitive to circumstances and life circumstances and things that go awry. And in your own life, you have had to overcome so much. And it seems to me that you've been able to bring all that with you to your clients with lots of love and caring and empathy, sympathy, empathy, understanding that someone who hasn't been through the ringer like you may not have the same skills to do. So Lisa, just so people know, you described yourself to me as Bobo the Clown, that your life has been a series of Bobo the Clown moments, lots of them. Can you share a little bit so we can understand the woman who is doing so much for so many? Well, I came up with that analogy in the last few years. I come from a long line of survivors, traumatic events, and you and I talked a little bit about that. And maybe I'll share more in, in our second show you talked about. The last few years of my life, specifically the last eight years, have been a series of unrelenting, very, very traumatic events, starting with a rock climbing fall from my middle daughter where she broke her back and fractured her skull and was airlifted to a hospital, not knowing whether she would ever walk, talk, or even live. And after that uh, moment, and I'm so grateful, grateful to God for more than anything I can say in my life that she not only survived, but she now thrives. But after that event, the series of events have been just one after the other, 
I lost my husband the day after Christmas 2016 when he had a heart attack while driving us home from the store and we nearly had a head-on collision and I had to take control of a car that I could not break going down a hill. Grateful again, so grateful to God to be alive and still here. Unfortunately, I lost him, but there have been many blessings since then. I had a deer crash into my car the following year and almost come through my windshield and caused me a very severe nerve injury that I've had to overcome through some interventional procedures that are a little experimental. I lost my son-in-law, my sister, my brother-in-law, other friends and family, eight people in the last five years. And during the year of COVID 2020, as the world was shutting down, I was diagnosed with breast cancer for a second time in my life, 22 years later. And I ended up having to become guardian to my two grandchildren. And all of this while being a guardian, a caretaker for my mother, who had also been through a triple cancer diagnosis and took her to more than 400 days of medical related appointments. And she went for four and a half years before the cancer went to her brain and also dealing with dementia. And so 2020, I dealt with COVID as the rest of the world, but cancer, two kids and their crazy cat, along with my mom and her cancer. And it's been a journey. And so why do I say Bobo the clown? Well, you know, for anybody who's 40, 50 or up, you probably yeah. have seen one of the punching bags of a clown and you punch it and, you know, it knocks down and then it stands back up. this, And then it comes back up. That's it. That's it. And I say, you know, sometimes I laid down for a little while before I popped back up. And sometimes I had a little less air before I had to get a refill before I stood back up. But I'm still standing. And through it all, I have still managed to serve clients and build the divorce town community. And to me, those are blessings. I am blessed because I love helping people and I love being a beacon in the darkness, you know, that we all go through times in life where we're not sure we're going to stand back up again. And I'm here to tell you that you will and you can serve others. That's one of the greatest ways to come out of the darkness, because let's face it, folks, you know, all the things I just mentioned are, are nothing compared to people who are in war-torn countries going through what they're going through, right? So gratitude, being grateful for what is right among what's wrong. Look for the gifts within because there are always gifts in every challenge. The first time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was 36 years old. I had three young children. I was running a business with my husband and I was not only diagnosed with cancer, but the day before I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Talk about a one-two punch wasn't sure what life was going to bring. Was I going to be in a wheelchair? Was I going to live? And I learned such gratitude during that time. On the darkest days, I would go outside. I would look for anything to be in awe of. Sometimes it was a weed. Have you ever stopped to look at a tiny little flower growing in your grass that you might have stepped on before or sprayed? If you open that up and get close, the intricacies of that tiny little flower are amazing. Or I'd stand and watch a bee pollinate something. There's such beauty in that. And I would just let that envelop me and fill me up. And such gratitude to still be alive, to witness these things. 
find those little gifts. They will sustain you through the dark times. Don't lock yourself away. Sure, there were times that I did that. We all need some time to take ourselves out of the world, catch our breaths, get some rest, but don't stay there. Reach out, reach out for help. There are people out there that want to help you. There, be an angel to someone else. I cannot tell you how many times a stranger has walked up to me when I was in despair and prayed with me, just looking at me, seeing that I was in distress. You can see it on someone's face. And just held my hands and said, whatever's going on in your life, I'm here to tell you that God is still with you. And it didn't matter if it was a different religion. It didn't matter. I've had people of all cultures and religions pray for me through cancer and other things. Such gratitude because God hears all. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to help another. That fills you up to know that you have just brightened someone's day, that you have just given them a lift that they needed so much, a hug, a smile. It all comes full circle with you because you take trauma and you flip it around and you apply that to divorce being a traumatic thing. Whether somebody who's in it thinks it is or not, it is life altering. Absolutely. It cannot help but be. And then you help that trauma because you understand trauma and you are able to see all the energetic love and light that can come from it. And you share that with people. I think that's amazing. I think your business is amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. And yes, so there is so much more to her story. We wanted to talk about the gray divorce because we just finished March and March, that's when the highest rate of divorces happen. For gray divorce, is that, am I right on that? Well, what it is, is January, the most searches happen on Google for divorce terms. Both searches on Google happens in January because people are coming out of the holidays. They've gotten into a new year. They're saying, you know, I really think this is the year I'm going to make this happen. By March, March is when the most filings happen. So, okay. um, They've done their research. They've hired some professionals or an attorney, and now they're ready to move forward with the divorce. Yes. And it's not just great divorces. It's all divorces. All divorces fall into that category. But a good amount of them are great divorce. And I want to say something about filing because Mm. people hear that word and they think, you know, no matter which choice you take, no matter which avenue or option, whether it's mediation or working with a financial neutral like myself or arbitration or collaborative divorce or cooperative divorce or amicable divorce or traditional divorce, they all have different ways of being done. So you do not necessarily, and this is specific to your jurisdiction, so you need to check where you live, but you do not necessarily always have to file with the court. And when people say I filed for divorce, they're meaning they're starting a divorce action, a lawsuit of sorts, right? And now when you do that, you're entering a traditional litigated divorce where you meet the timeline of the courts. You're told when to come for status hearings. You may have to be forced to court mandated mediation and other things that are done along the way. The new ways, the paradigm shift that's taking place across the world, people are sick of that way. They want a new way to go about this. They want a more civilized, respectful, 
less costly way to move on in their lives. And so, for instance, if you're working with a financial neutral like myself, nothing is filed. We work out all of the financials to the best that we can. And like I said, about 95% of people reach some type of agreement. Then they take that to attorneys and they have consulted with attorneys during my process, but then they take that to attorneys and one attorney will draft the settlement agreement. The other will review the settlement agreement. And then we like to take a final look at the settlement agreement because we have had instances in the past where language was changed that triggered tax consequences. So we like final look-see and that's an option for folks. And you're doing this final review with the couple to be uncoupled together. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. They'll send me their draft and then I will look at that and let the attorneys know and them know if there's any potential problem areas or if something should be added or if something should be omitted or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's always, you know, the final settlement agreement is going to rule everything going forward. And so the tiny details can make a huge difference in your life. And then once that settlement agreement is reviewed and signed off by everyone, then it goes to the court to be filed for a final dissolution, for the finalization of your divorce. The judge signs it off here in Georgia, and then 31 days later, you're divorced. It's different in different jurisdictions, so you have to know what goes on in your case. But what the difference is, is you're filing at the end versus filing to initiate things and then being controlled by those legalities that continue on. It's a very different process and people don't realize that they have these options. Yeah. We need to get it out there. Just like holistic medicine versus, yeah, it's, it's the same. We're all shifting in that direction. I just thought of a really good question. Have, because you are so sensitive and empathetic and empathic and all these wonderful things that you are. Have there been times when you've had couples in with you and it is obvious to you that one may not be sticking up for themselves or getting what you would feel would be a more equitable situation for them both? How do you deal with that? Because you want to be, you're kind of an advocate for both, right? You're kind of a advocate for the process. I'm advocate. I'm advocate for the process, for the neutral process. Neutral process. And I stand as a neutral party in the middle. And so wow. I need to get them both their best fair share in a way that makes sense regarding taxes, insurance, credit issues, balancing of different types of assets. You know, we have complicated matters sometimes with executive compensation, stock options, all kinds of things. And so when you break it down, like I think I mentioned earlier, it's like putting the pieces of a puzzle together. You know, they bring me all their puzzle pieces. They're all broken up, but these are all the pieces of our financial life. And then I take them one at a time and examine them each line item by line item as a puzzle piece. And then I start putting the puzzle pieces back together in a way that makes the most sense for both parties to get them to a 50 fair and equitable settlement. It may not be down the line. Most things are not, you know, we can't divide cars in half or other property, you know, and sometimes some of the assets are not divisible. Annuities may not be divisible. Cash proceeds that are in a life insurance policy stock options and executive compensation can uh, not always be divisible. Some pension plans are not divisible. Sometimes that, you know, they, they're not uh, able to be quadro. That's a legal document that is necessary. 
in order to split any type of qualified plans, 401ks and other pensions and things like that. In some, some cases, they're not divisible. So how do we get the other spouse their fair share? If we can, we offset it somewhere else. If we can't, then we have to come up with some creative ways to do that with language that makes sure that that party is going to get what they're expecting. So there's a lot of complexities. And I have had folks that have come to me and say, and we take, we take a little time, by the way, average divorce in Georgia is about 18 months long. Our process is somewhere between three and six months, depending on the process, right? And people go, six months. Well, let me, let me stop you and talk about that. And, and so when you, when you realize, you know, how much is involved and I've had folks come to me and say, you know, what's taking so long? It's, it should be simple. And then when they see what we put together, especially with those executive compensation pieces and how we have to do analysis on those, I've had them say afterwards, oh my God, thank you. I had no idea what I was leaving on the table. Don't know what you don't know. No. No. And that's why you have professionals from the individual professions. You know, we bring in a realtor and a mortgage broker on almost every case because we are probably dealing with a marital home that is owned. There may be other properties as well. We bring in appraisers as needed too. But the mortgage piece is really interesting because if a person, I said this earlier, I believe, or maybe it was during our pre conversation, but I to keep it straight, is not pre-qualified. If the person says, I want the house, I want the house, but they haven't been pre-qualified to see if they can do it, that can cause havoc. I've been brought in on cases after a divorce was already finalized. And now one of the spouses is found in contempt because they were supposed to do a refi and they can't because they can't qualify. Now the divorce is all opened up again. They spent more after the divorce than before the divorce. Oh my gosh. Insult to injury right there. Yes, yes. And I've also had a lot of cases where people have divorced their divorce attorney. Imagine that, (laughs) right? Because their attorney wasn't a good fit for them from the beginning. And so you really need to know about the people that you're hiring. You know, you may have gotten a referral from your neighbor whose best friend's sister used this particular attorney. How people do it. And they go in and they, you know, Put, pour out their heart and soul. And the attorney says, I'll take care of it. Leave it all to me here. I need a retainer. And they're off. And that attorney may not be a good fit for their case. May, they may be a hawk going for blood, crucify their spouse, or they may be a dove too soft. So you need to understand the questions that you need to ask. And by the way, at divorcemoneymatters.com, my website where I help individuals and couples and mostly couples I have a free financial fitness kit that has an Excel spreadsheet, a working spreadsheet of all the documents you should start to gather and 50 questions that you should look at what applies to your situation when you're interviewing attorneys. Because you don't know the questions to ask, right? And there's also an ebook there that helps guide you. So I'm all about educating people because if you know these things up front, you can avoid them because how you start your divorce is likely how you're going to end it. So if you start with a contentious divorce, it's sometimes very hard to dial that back. And I've even been in cases where the spouses were amicable and friendly and civilized and respectful, but they both hired attorneys who had lost a case to each other. They had a contentious case before. Now one's ego wants to get at the other. It wasn't even about the clients. 
Yes. Well, I had a gal on the show, Jessica Conlon. She and her husband, ex-husband, met up to kept the lawyers out of it after years. And then we'll figure it out. Went to the bank, figured it out, told their lawyers. And their lawyers were mad Mm -hmm. that they figured it out and we're friends now. Yep. I'm not trying to diss lawyers, but it just depends on the situation. Every situation's different. Yeah, Uh, definitely. And this is not about attorney bashing because I know many fine attorneys. And there, there are attorneys who are sick of this and who are making this shift to the amicable divorce process. So, you know, there are better ways. And even if your spouse is not on board with this or you find that they are not complying, you know, when I'm working with couples, if I feel upfront that I'm not going to get all the documents that I asked for, this is not a good fit for me because I can't tell people to do things like a lawyer can, like the courts can. Right. So I will decline that case and refer them out. But, you know, you do have different mechanisms that you need to use depending on your situation. But even if it seems like it's going to be contentious, there are still mechanisms you can use. Just look at this from an overall perspective. Know the questions to ask and understand what you're getting into before you do, because you are in control of the process. Your attorneys work for you. Your attorney works for you. And you need to be, I say this when I taught a breast cancer program, I say this in regard to your wealth matters. You need to be a proactive partner, not a passive participant in your life matters because your life does matter and you need to understand it. When clients work with me, I have them input all their own data into my divorce software. I could do that for them, but there's a reason that I do because this engages the brain to start looking at what do I own? What do I owe? What may be owed to me? What is coming into my income, into my household? And what is that going to look like after? And what are my expenses? And this is the place where people really get stuck. You know, I don't know what it looks like on the other side. So we lead them step by step through that. But the first part of that is engaging them to put those numbers in and we yeah. that out with well, Would you say that even if you aren't considering divorce, say someone like me perhaps, who does not know much about the financial stuff because I like to have my head in the sand. <laughs> it's pleasant and <laughs> or in the clouds and I just carry on and do my thing. I don't go crazy. I am respectful of money. But would your form on your site be something that would be good as a starting place for people like me, perhaps, to understand where everything is and what it's doing and what it looks like? Is that? Sure, would- sure. That, that spreadsheet can work for anyone. Absolutely. And it just gives you an idea of the things that you would need to gather. You know, I say it's important to understand these things, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're widowed, you need to know what you own, what you owe, what may be owed to you, where to access documents. Listen, about a year or two before my husband died, we put together a comprehensive estate plan. I never imagined that I would need that. Right. 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 But I that was such a saving grace to yeah. have all that information in one place and to be able to know where to find it, what to do with it, and I use the guidance of my estate planning attorney to help me through that difficult time. I can't even imagine 
not knowing where to find, you know, a life insurance policy or, you know, statements or things like that in the midst of that intense, intense grief. Yeah. So, yes, everyone should know these things. And certainly that worksheet can be helpful for anyone. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. See, you're serving everyone. But yes, I would love to invite you back and share more of Lisa Decker, the person, because today was more about your business, which is so helpful to those of us who are seeing, going through, may go through, thinking about divorce. But you have a lot more to say and many, many lessons. And oh, it's so good. I just, I can't wait to share. Lisa Decker, the person behind the business. So I hope you'll come back and share that with us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, much. Before we go quickly, if I may. Yes. Divorce Town USA has amazing amount of resources from the professionals in my network, the vetted professionals who also have a heart for helping people. We don't take everyone into our membership. People have to meet certain uh, guidelines. And, you know, all of the people that I mentioned from the lawyers and the therapists and the coaches and the financial and the real estate and mortgage and insurance and on and on and on can be found there. And they provide articles and videos and all kinds of things so that people can get more knowledge. And so I want to make sure that you folks know. Yeah, we're going to put all of this in the show notes and in the newsletter. How else can people reach you? The best way is to either call my office, 678-562-2599, or my website, divorcemoneymatters.com. That will get you directly to me, and you we have a contact us page there. You can also find me on social media, Lisa C. Decker. There's a lot of Lisa Deckers in the world. Really are. And also, I think the book, Divorce yes. Your not your money. I think that's a divorce your spouse, not your money can be found on Amazon. Great place for people to start. If it's just a little, maybe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, I have had people, I have a newsletter. I have a great newsletter. You can sign up for that at Divorce Town USA. It keeps you apprised of all our events. We also have Divorce Town offers support groups, free support groups twice a month. We now have the Divorce Do's and Don't show that's every week live. And you can come and ask questions of experts. And all of that information is sent out weekly on our newsletter that you can sign up for at divorcetownusa.com or divorcemoneymatters.com and stay abreast of all the offerings that we have there. All free. People, this woman does so much for everyone else. And is learning how to take care of herself now with the story. Got to get to that. Okay. Well, Lisa C. Decker, thank you so much for your time today and sharing so much wisdom about this kind of icky topic of divorce, but it's all around us. So thank you so much. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. 
Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.